Hello, my name is Ben Schluter, and welcome to this week's uh, picks recap everything uh, thingy. So, first things first to mention, this will be the last episode of anything called like outward thoughts, unless I do anything like non-sports related. Uh, gonna be changing up the name, changing up the logo. Uh, that should be in effect by either Saturday or Sunday. It'll depend. Um, cause I don't know exactly yet what I want to look for, for the logo. I have some idea of what the name's going to be. Um, not going to reveal that yet, but it'll be interesting. May have an episode for then, uh, may not. We, again, we'll see about that. Um, and yeah, so this is Outward Thoughts Picks for week eight and all. And let's start off with my Eliminator Challenge and I am well eliminated because I picked the Cowboys to win. They lost 25-3. to So this week, oh, the Titans are playing the Bengals. Who's playing the Jets? The Chiefs? Oh, okay, so we know who's winning this week. The Chiefs. Well, that was an easy pick. And we're done there. Let's get to last week's games. And, uh, let me see. Got eight again. Missed. Wow. I missed six games. Well, let's go through those games, which ones I got and which ones I didn't, and, well, my thoughts on each of them. Excuse me. So, Eagles beat the Giants in a game that can only be described as the worst football game ever. Not really. I've, I've seen really bad football games, but... And I didn't really watch all of that one. But what I know from that game is that it was bad. It was bad on both sides. I don't know how the heck the NFC East is going to even have a champion. This is one of those times where you sometimes think, hey, maybe not every division winner should make the playoffs. Because it's looking like at this point, whoever wins the NFC East isn't even going to have six wins. Or may have six wins, exactly. And they'll be guaranteed the four. Which is going to suck for whoever is the seventh best record in the NFC. Because they're going to be out. Because... The logic here, it is so bad. You have teams with one win each. One win each. Granted, the Eagles also have a tie because they have to have a tie. And they're terrible. Both of them are just terrible teams. I don't understand how they're so terrible. Um, Trying to remember, because the Saints always have to play a team from the uh, NFC East. So we would have to play the, the Eagles... Yes, we have to play the Eagles this year, because uh, you always play same spot in the division. We won the division last year. Uh, the Eagles won it last year, so we play them, which should be good for us, because they're terrible. I don't know what it is. How is it that the entire division is just absolute straight-up trash? Maybe the Cowboys have an excuse of not having Dak Prescott right now. That does not excuse their record when they had him of exactly getting one win. That doesn't excuse you doing that. There's nothing that can excuse you of doing that. There's nothing that can excuse you of being like 1-3 in three under Dak Prescott. That is not good. So how the heck is this whole division going to come out? I don't know. That game was terrible, but I got it right at least. I was right to Eagles win. I, I picked the Falcons to beat the Lions, and oh my god, that game was amazing. I got to catch the end of that. So, for those of you who aren't aware, the Falcons lost by scoring a touchdown. That doesn't sound right at all. Well, let me explain. So, 
game is 16 to 14 Lions. There's like a couple minutes left. I think the two-minute warning had already passed. Uh, the Falcons get the Lions to waste all three of their timeouts. There's about a minute left, and Todd Gurley takes a handoff, um, breaks free through the middle, breaks a tackle, and is trying not to score a touchdown. Unfortunately, his momentum carries him so far that he can't hold himself back, and he accidentally scores a touchdown. Now, in, like, 99% of circumstances, it doesn't make any sense for you not to want to score a touchdown. However, Todd Gurley knows exactly what it's like to not want to score a touchdown. Back when he was on the Rams, playing against the Lions, wait, this is actually really crazy, um, with 2.38 remaining in the game, he had a wide-open shot to score. What he instead decided to do, and because he wasn't having to break away from tackles, do anything, he had all the movement, he had all the room, he didn't have anything hindering him, anything that could have um, really hurt him, uh, he decided to run along the goal line and make sure he was tackled inbounds um, so that the Rams could preserve a victory because he knew the clock would run all the way down to the two-minute warning. Lions didn't have any timeouts. They could just take knees and win the game because they had enough of a lead or something. So problem was Todd Gurley couldn't do that here. So now the game is... Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was 20-16. to 16. So Falcons have to go for two because you kick the extra points, a five-point game. That doesn't do anything. You go for two and make it, then it's a six-point game. You force the Lions to kick the extra point, so there is a chance that the game goes into overtime. They successfully convert the two-point conversion. It was a really well-designed play. They give the ball back to Matt Stafford with about a minute left. Uh, Shouldn't really be a chance for the Lions to do it, but, you know, there's a possibility. Now, Lions probably thought the game was over, or Excuse me, the Falcons probably thought, oh, we've got this wrapped up when they kept TJ Hawkinson, a uh, tight end, from going out of bounds. Absolutely amazing defensive play, just holding him up like, you are not going anywhere. This is where you stop. The line is to be drawn here, no further, you shall not pass, and other such things like that. Oh, but that wasn't enough, because Matt Stafford is magic. Just call him Magic Matt. I don't know why no one calls him Magic Matt. Okay, from henceforth, Matthew Stafford's nickname is Magic Matt. Moving on from that and into the fact that he slung this beautiful football. He slung the most beautiful football I have seen him throw. And he threw it right down to inside like the five-yard line. Um, refs go upstairs and try and sort out like, hey... Is this a catch? Is this not? Now, note that prior to that, the Lions just hurry up, hustle, hustle, hustle. There's one Lions guy who doesn't get set before the snap, but it's because he runs into a Falcons player. At the time of the snap, there was 10 out of the 11 Lions were set. However, there was also a Falcons player that was well offside. So if there was a flag to be thrown there, it would offset and the time would start on referee signal, which would give the Lions enough time to either spike the ball or be set and run a play. Uh, But that didn't technically happen. Though they spiked the football, replay buzzed first, and replay was buzzing, like, well before the snap. Not to mention that because the flag was a pre-snap penalty, well, then there wasn't a snap, right? The penalty negates the snap. 
these are all very important things that I need to mention, uh, just in case A, you didn't see it, or B, you aren't exactly super duper familiar with the rules, because I want to make this pretty accessible to everybody, uh, that's important to me. Plus, not everyone is a super duper football nerd like I am. So, yeah, they figure everything out, refs get it completely perfect, it was a catch, um, the clock starts to wind, they st- Spike the ball into the ground with, I think, two seconds left, because there were three seconds left on the clock uh, when the game ended. Note that this was actually a game that I got to catch the end of, because it was following the Saints game. So that was good. And yeah, Lions score a touchdown. Uh, Then, Danny Amendola got flagged 15 yards, (laughs) which I, I thought was the most beautiful thing ever. I thought it would have been hilarious if the game went into overtime. That would have just been the icing on top of the cake. But no, just instead we get a cherry on top of the 15-yard penalty, but Matt Prater kicks it through, and then there's a flag, and the flag is pointless because it's illegal formation. The Falcons lined up uh, with a nose tackle on the center, or a long snapper, excuse me, which is illegal now. Uh, And yeah, Lions win. Uh, This makes Matthew Stafford only the second quarterback ever, by the way, to throw a game-winning touchdown pass with zeros on the clock. The only other QB to ever do this is, and I'm not kidding here, Tim Couch, who, if you don't know who Tim Couch is, and that's fine because he was a Randy. He went to Kentucky, um, was the first overall draft pick in the Cleveland Browns' first ever draft. I do not count the Cleveland Browns pre-1996 as being the same team, because if they have an expansion draft, they are a new team. Isn't that the most logical way of putting it? Shut up, NFL, and your weird, stupid history. It's revisionist, and I don't like it. So, I'm not going to follow it. So yeah, first overall draft pick um, ended up completely busting that was due to a variety of factors including injuries especially but he had a couple of Hail Mary game-winning touchdown passes uh one against the Saints on Halloween um which was terrible but also amazing and then he had another Hail Mary against the Jaguars so yeah that happened speaking of the game that happened the Bills and the Jets happened the Jets are terrible the Jets are absolutely terrible. Which is more terrible, though? The Jets? Or a really dumb tweet that I have read. Adam T-E-I-C-H-E-R. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. This is Chris Jones on the Jets. That's a very good football team. People forget that because they haven't won a game. Adam Scheffner tweeted out facts. Adam Scheffner is wrong on so many respects on this one because, no, the Jets are not a good football team. They're absolutely terrible. Oh my god, Adam Gase gave up play-calling duties. So that means it isn't just his fault, it's the entire team. They're terrible. They're possibly one of the worst teams of all time. Have I ever seen a team this bad? Nope. I've never seen a team with offensive ineptitude and defensive ineptitude at this level. Not this deep into a season. How the heck do you get seven weeks into a season and you still don't know what the hell you're doing? If this team goes 0-16, I will be very, 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 very not surprised, actually. I would be surprised if they didn't take a team close, and this was one of those games where the Bills just couldn't get things going on offense. For some reason, they couldn't score a touchdown. They kicked six field goals. Um, 
but that was okay. I think they had a rookie kicker kick like eight field goals. It was either the Bills that did that or it was the and I'm looking at the Jack it was either the Bills or the Jaguars had their kicker kick eight field goals. Um which is a record, I believe, for a rookie. Now, the Bills also didn't punt. So, they scored zero touchdowns, and they didn't punt the football. The last time this happened, it was week five of 1941, and the then-Washington Redskins beat the Brooklyn Dodgers, I believe that's what they are called. Um, Yeah. The then Brooklyn, it was either the Dodgers or the Tigers at the time. Yeah, Brooklyn Dodgers, 3-0. In that game, Washington had seven turnovers, five fumbles, and two picks. Yeah. In this game, I don't know what happened. I didn't watch it. All I know is the Bills won, thankfully. Browns, Bengals, hey, look, I got it right. The Browns won. Why didn't I pick them? Why didn't I pick that? We'd We'd have still been perfect. Whatever. What we do know is that Joe Burrow needs help. Joe Burrow needs help. I don't like looking at it. I keep seeing he keeps putting up monster numbers and his team can't do anything. He keeps getting hit. This man's going to get killed out there. This man's going to get killed out there. Somebody get him an offensive line. Somebody please get him an offensive line. Just why doesn't he have one? Why can't the Bengals get one? If your first-round pick isn't on an offensive lineman next year, you need to stop. Your GM is an idiot. You better find somebody, because you're going to kill him. So so I missed the Dallas-Washington pick by a lot. Washington won 25-3. to three. Uh, yeah. How the heck is the NFL not suspending whoever, I don't remember the guy's name, who hit uh, Andy Dalton and concussed him, but I saw the hit. That's not fine-worthy. That's not suspension-worthy, because that kind of stuff was dirty, lowbrow, callous, disregards all safety, not just of Andy Dalton, but himself. How do you do that? Why would you do that? NFL, how can you let that into your league? I'm surprised Andy Dalton could even play this week. That this upcoming game, he'll be able to play. Because that looked like he was knocked out cold. Which meant that the Cowboys had to bring in their third stringer, who was a 7th round draft pick out of James Madison. So like, okay, good thing you picked him, I guess. I didn't watch the game, I don't know if he did very well. They lost 25-3, to so I'm going to assume it didn't do so great. Packers and the Texans. The Texans have only ever beaten the Packers once. That was in 2008. That is still a factually accurate statement now. Yeah, Packers are a good team. Texans, not that great. Maybe if you could get Deshaun Watson an offensive line, that would be a thing. Why haven't you ever gotten him an offensive line? Why did you get rid of your best offensive lineman? Oh, it's because Bill O'Brien had too big a head. Why did you let him become your GM, you morons? Bill O'Brien ruined the Texans. I don't think any Texans fan needs to hear me say that to know that to be true. Bill O'Brien is a moron. He never should have been given the GM job. He should have been fired at the end of last season. 
But for some reason, they let him stick around, and they let him ruin the franchise, possibly for the next few years. I have no clue where, in anybody's right mind, they thought, eh, we should let him stay around. Idiots. Idiots, idiots, idiots. Granted, do the Texans have a chance? No. Have you ever wanted to play a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers? I wouldn't want to play a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers. It sounds scary. It is scary. Because Aaron Rodgers, when he is pissed off, he tears your defense a new one. He picks you apart. He makes you look foolish. You wish that you... You wouldn't wish on your worst enemies to play a pissed-off Aaron Rodgers. Because pissed-off Aaron Rodgers only cares about one thing. Enacting revenge on all those who doubt him. Why do you think that during the first few games of the season he was tearing holes in every defense? It's because he was pissed off. Oh, you want to draft a QB in the first round? Okay. Why, you think I can't do it? Oh, well let me show you exactly why you're wrong. Let me show you why I have the greatest QB rating of all time, even though QB rating is a really stupid statistic. Still true. Let me show you why I'm a consistently great player. Let me show you why I got all this confidence in myself and where I can put it. He did it again. Saints, Panthers. I already talked at length about this one. Granted, I mainly talked about one thing, and that one thing was, why would you kick a 65-yard field goal? Um, but I want to talk a little more about the overall things about it. So the Saints never punted once. That's kind of weird, because how do you score only 27 points if you don't kick it, uh, punt the ball once? If you don't punt once... Now, granted, the Bills only scored 18. But 27 is pretty inexcusable. And I know, it's kind of weird to say that, like, in a win where you put up a decent amount of points, but that means you weren't doing some things. And we only had one turnover, which really gets me. Like, we had one turnover, so how did we only score 27 points? The answer was ball control. The answer was, we played a damn good game of keep away. The first drive of the game was one of the best, most methodical opening drives I've ever seen the Saints execute. We took off more than half of the opening period. Just, yes, more of those, please. But the defense. The front seven has never been a problem. I've never had problems with the front seven. Like, the front seven for uh, the past three years, three or four years, hasn't really been a problem. Um... Ever since we got to Mario Davis, I feel like we can lock down the front seven. Used to be that the only thing we had was the front three, front four. We didn't have good linebackers, and we had nothing in the secondary. Hey, remember when the Saints had James Laurinaitis, and remember how long that lasted? Hey, remember when we had Stephon Anthony, and remember how long that lasted? Remember back when the Saints just didn't have anything but, like... Who did we even have besides, like... We get we lose Malcolm Jenkins... Who do we have on defense besides Cam Jordan? Like, what? We got back Roman Harper at one point. He's so great. Why can't he cover? (laughs) Oh, wait. We have Patrick Robinson. He's great. Why can't he cover? Hey, look, it's Kenny Vaccaro. Why can't he cover? That was the problem. And now we have Marcus Williams. He's great. Why can't he cover? Why is it that he was so easily baited to the sideline on a deep route? Like, don't blame Malcolm Jenkins for not being able to chase down DJ Moore on that long touchdown. Was it his assignment? No. 
No, 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 no. Marcus Williams gets pulled to the sideline, and it's like, oh, well, this is just going to go deep. Nobody's going to be covering deep. La, 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 and that's how the Panthers scored. We had problems on defense. I just don't get it. This is one thing that does boggle my mind. How do we have four wins? I mean, okay, we beat some pretty bad teams. Yes, the Chargers game, fine. But even then, the Chargers were playing us like fiddles. We looked pretty terrible during that Chargers game. They honestly looked better than us at a lot of points. The Lions game. The Lions just blew it. I don't know how the hell they didn't win that game. Besides the fact that they tend to choke a lot of games. It's their defense. They need to keep bolstering it. Uh, Maybe Matt Patricia just isn't good. I don't know where I could have gotten this idea from, though. I don't know. Maybe the fact that he has no track record for success. Yeah, just... I don't know where I could have gotten it from. It's just... We take the wins. Uh... (laughs) We gotta play Tampa in two weeks. That's gonna be fun. Did I say fun? I meant scary. Speaking of scary things, um, the Steelers and the Titans. It's scary if you're any team that's had to play them because they've beaten you every single time. Because they were both undefeated going into the game and the Steelers led for the majority of it. And they ended up winning and I got that one wrong. I picked the Titans to win it. Um, Titans probably should've won it, honestly, with their second half. Um, But Steelers managed to hold on to victory. Um, by some sheer stroke of bullshit because Gostkowski just missed a field goal that he should not be missing. How does he miss that field goal? Honestly, none of that makes any sense to me. How the heck did the Steelers even give that game away? Like, wow. You look bad. You look vulnerable. Very vulnerable. If another team makes the adjustments that the Titans did you're probably going to lose. Bucks and Raiders. Hey, what do you know? The Bucks won it. But what did you expect from that game, honestly? That game was going to be bad. That game was going to be a big-time Bucks win. My question is, what the hell is going on in Tampa? Tom, how have you just lost all of this rust that you had against the Bears and against the Saints? Where did it go? What are you taking? I know you got that TB12 stuff. What kind of stuff is there? What's in that shit that the NFL doesn't test for? Because I know there's something in there. There's gotta be. There's no way that you're doing this naturally. Like, there has to be something that you're doing. That the NFL needs to know about. And they'll probably figure it out. But they won't figure it out for a couple years. Whatever. Raiders are still meh. Bucks are a good team. They got a great defense. I mean... Look, there's one thing when you talk about Tom Brady. Bucks defense is scary. Bucks defense was scary last year. They didn't look the part, the rankings didn't show it, but they could be scary and they had the talent to do it. If only I could think of one reason why. Hmm. One guy who I was hoping that would not go to an NFC South team. Yeah, Devin White. I don't want to have to see Devin White twice a year. Because I knew what Devin White could do. Because watching him at LSU, you knew he was a stud. Like, he is one of the best linebackers we've ever produced. And Patrick Queen is going to be in the contention. It's going to be Devin White and Patrick Queen seeing who's going to be the best LSU linebacker of all time. Like, I'm serious. They're that good. We don't usually produce many linebackers. So, 
Those two guys, really damn good. We'll see about that. I mean, he he won Defensive Player of the Week for a reason. Bucks are a fearsome team. Granted, there is one thing they do have to worry about right now, and that is COVID. Oh no, I, I'm hearing something in the far-off distance. A sound that I haven't heard in a while. I thought we were done with this. No. I thought we were done. I thought the NFL was done with you. Why would anyone want this? No. No, please no. Please God, no. 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 It's Antonio Brown. He has returned to the NFL. He has signed a one-year deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't know how the hell this happened. The entire NFL is completely screwed. How long do you think until uh, Antonio Brown is kicked off the team for doing something stupid? I'm serious. How long do you think it's going to take? Because, like, this is Antonio Brown we're talking about. I don't know if he's changed that much. Honestly, I hope he has. But, like, what, have, we, we don't have any real things about that. I, I give it three weeks, and we'll see where it goes from there. But damn it, we did not need them to have another weapon against us. <sighs> yeah, great, because as if the Saints didn't have enough problems with covering receivers deep, now the Buccaneers have another weapon. <sighs> the only thing I can hope is that Tom Brady gets sacked 87 times because our defensive line just goes off. Hey, maybe we can bring pressure? I don't know. Here's what I do know. Snow games. Snow games are tough to play in. Well, the, the Chiefs uh, don't believe that to be true, because they won. Of course they won. They won 43-16 to 16 over the Broncos. Broncos are bad. They're really bad. I hope Drew Locke's okay, but they're just not a good team. 49ers and Patriots. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. Okay. So, Patriots, you look like trash. You are trash. Cam Newton looks shot to hell. I've never seen him look this bad, ever. My god. What's happened to him? Is it COVID that sapped everything? I don't know. But he was pulled in the middle of the game for Jared Stidham. That's bad. Hmm. Oh, just checking something. So now that we're back, I missed the last three picks. Yep, I picked the Jags to beat the Chargers because I wanted to make a stupid pick and the Chargers ended up winning. The Jaguars made it close because special teams. Special in more ways than one. Cardinals, Seahawks. So the Cardinals won that one. Okay. What? Congratulations. You played yourselves. You know this is on you, Seahawks, right? You should have beaten them. Man, the NFC West is good. Man, I just... I didn't expect them to be this good. They're good. They're good. The Cardinals could legitimately win this division. And finally got the Bears and the Rams, and the Rams won, and the Bears lost. Oh, well. I, I picked the Bears to win. If you didn't, no. And now it's time... for week eight... Predictions, starting with 
The Falcons and the Panthers. The, the, the Panthers should win this one. They're a good team. Ball the Falcons. Then you have the Patriots and the Bills. Bills should win this one. The Patriots are shot to hell. Titans, Bengals, Titans. Raiders, Browns. Ooh. <clears throat> this is a very difficult pick to make because these are two very good teams. Um, I'm sorry, not very good teams. These are two good teams. Not great teams, but good. Watchable, passable, middle of the pack. You know, draft pick number 10 to 15. Something like that. One of them's got to win. Not necessarily, but, you know. If I had to pick between the two, and I do, I'd have to say the Raiders. Because, just, I don't know how Baker Mayfield's going to look without OBJ this week. We'll see how that scheming goes. Colts and Lions. Well... Colts were off this week, not like I would have known, because, and this is going to become a new bit, apparently. Um, I don't know who the Colts are. I don't know what they are. What are they supposed to be? They're 4-2 and two somehow. They're playing the Lions. They're better than the Lions, because most teams are. The Vikings and the Packers. Oh my god, the Vikings have been trashed this year. Just, wow. Hey, congratulations, you traded Yannick Ngakwe and got nothing. So you basically traded away a mid-second round pick, and you're getting late third rounder. That's a loss. Idiots. Excuse me. Uh, Chiefs and Jets. Yeah, I already made mention of that. Rams and Dolphins. I don't really know. I mean, I picked the Rams just based on better record, better team overall. Uh, We'll see how, you know, Tua looks. Steelers-Ravens. Um, hmm. That should be a really good game, actually. Um, so I will probably watch that one. Steelers and Ravens, I think, I think that the Ravens are going to I think the Ravens are going to just pull it out. Chargers, Broncos. I'll pull the upset. I'm picking the upset. I think the Broncos are going to win it. Saints and Bears. Now, I can talk about this one a little bit more, mainly because, hi, I'm a Saints fan. That's kind of who I focus on. Like, I really don't get enough chance to check other teams. But I can tell you this. Saints are playing the Bears, and the weather is going to be a factor. Um, It's supposed to be... 39 degrees, uh, but the wind is supposed to be really high. I think tw- uh, gusts of like 20 to 40. So this is going to make it really hard to throw the ball, and that's bad for both teams. Saints like to throw the ball a lot, but the Bears cannot run the ball. The Bears have had, I think, all of their games they've had under um, 65 yards. Of ca- uh, 65 yards. They just have to throw the ball and get lucky. You can't do that in that kind of weather. It's going to be windy as hell. It's going to be cold. Don't know how Drew Brees is going to fare in this weather either. Because we're not going to have Michael Thomas. I'm not sure about Emmanuel Sanders. Um, And I'm also not sure about Marquez Calloway. Or Marquez Calloway. I'm going to call him Marquez until I hear that he pronounces it Marquez. Or Marquez. Um, And, yeah. Because those are two big names right now. Especially after how Callaway played in the game against the Panthers. Like, he was a major target. 
so losing him is big. I really think that we need to start game planning more around Traquan Smith. Honestly, he's the best receiver that we're going to have 100% certainty we know he's going to play. Because I'm not sure about Emmanuel Sanders if he's still on COVID list. Um, Callaway and Thomas are very... was like Thomas is extremely doubtful. Callaway is kind of doubtful. I'm not exactly sure as of today, the Thursday. Um, so we'll see about that. But it'll mean that we'll have to run the ball more. Which granted, if... And I, we also lost an offensive lineman during the Panthers game. He didn't come back, and he was limited at practice yesterday from the injury report I looked at. Because uh, I actually did look at the injury report yesterday because I was kind of, you know, intrigued. I wanted to see if Callaway was actually practicing, and he didn't. Um, so I think it was Andres Pete that got injured or Teron Armstead, one of the two. It had to be Armstead because it was 72. Uh, he was limited. He wasn't not practicing, so that's good. I feel like the Saints are going to win it, but I don't feel like either team's going to score more than... I would be very surprised if either team scored more than 31 points. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's going to be a possession game. Obviously, run the ball. I don't think that the Bears can do it effectively, especially against the Saints, who have such a potent run defense. They're going to have to find ways to sling the ball, and that's going to be very difficult in that weather. Granted... We also can't cover for shit. So, we'll see about that. Uh, and it'll be difficult for us, too. Because, you know, Khalil Mack is still a beast. But we went up against the Bears last year. We did it with Teddy Bridgewater. And we won. But we had Thomas. We'll see about this. Seahawks, 49ers. Well, mm, I think the Seahawks will bounce back from their first loss. Cowboys, Eagles. You really put this on Sunday Night Football. You really wanted to put this game on Sunday night. Or, why? Why did you do that? Do you really want the entire country to see what kind of a train wreck this is? By the way, I'm picking the Eagles. Um, I genuinely think they're going to win the division with six wins. Uh, well, what week are we in? Seven? Yeah, they'll probably win the division with like five, it's six or seven wins. I think is their ceiling. I don't think that that's unreasonable either. Then, for the Monday Nighter, you've got the Bucks and the Giants. And if the Bucks lose that one, yeesh. Although, we'll see if that game even gets played because the Bucks are being. They're dealing with some COVID issues. They say that that's not going to impact their ability to play the game. And I say, we'll see about that. And if the Bucks play and win, they'll win 45 to 10. Yup, those are my picks for football, specifically the NFL. Now, it, it, it's been like over 30 minutes, but it's time to get into college. Now, I picked seven games correctly last week. I missed three. Let's see about that. Um... I'll go through the games here, and then I'm going to actually look at some other games. Uh, the games that aren't on here, because there were some other games. Uh, so, I got Oklahoma TCU right. I thought Oklahoma was going to win. I didn't really... Well, no, I did catch some of the game. Uh, it was interesting. They're pretty good. North Carolina State and North Carolina. I implore you to look at what North Carolina's Twitter did after the game, because it was 
it was absolutely hilarious. Because <laughs> um, they beat the crap out of NC State, and I knew North Carolina was going to bounce back after that embarrassing loss to Florida State. It just... North Carolina's a good team. I didn't know they'd be this good. Um, and it'll be interesting when Clemson finally shows them who's a real team. But, wait a minute, I gotta double-check this. I really want to know if they... Please tell me they have them. Yes, oh, that's gonna be such a good game. Okay, they have to play Notre Dame. North Carolina versus Notre Dame is a game that I'm really hyped for for one reason. Um, or no, wait. Ooh, because that's my question. And this is a reasonable question to ask. Um... Does Notre Dame... Who does Notre Dame play first? Clemson or um, North Carolina? Okay, so they play Clemson on the 7th. Um, we'll see how things are on the 7th. Uh, due to things. You know things. Be interesting. Hopefully, like, if there's any sort of craziness going on in the world, everyone can come together and agree that college football is is that Saturdays are for college football and that we can put aside any sort of differences and just hate like Bama we can all just have just join our entire hatred towards Alabama I feel like I feel like we can come together as a group and do that please can we do that I'd really I really need that anyway not important what is important Auburn and Ole Miss hey would you look at that um Lane Kiffin got fined for speaking out against a call that the SEC later, I mean, also admitted was wrong. Not only did they admit it was wrong, they admitted it in the same press release that they announced they were fining Lane Kiffin. Which to me is like, that seems a bit stupid. That seems petty. I've never understood it. Okay, look. If you're a coach, you want to criticize the officials, and then it comes out that, yeah, we made a mistake, why are you going to fine him for doing the thing that you later admitted he was right about? But e- even then, though, even then, like, they admitted he was right. So it's like, it, it adds on the extra layer of stupidity, but let coaches complain about the officials. They're human beings. They make mistakes. The coaches are human beings. They can be angry. They have emotions. Don't be little bitches when the coaches get pissed off because the refs didn't do their damn jobs right. Okay? Stop being little bitches. Oh my god, I hate the SEC's of it. I hate a lot of officiating. I hate the NFL's, I hate most of college football's, and I hate the MLB's. The NBA does it right. The NBA is so good at their jobs when it comes to officiating. Because they absolutely 100% will say things like, yeah, they screwed up, they screwed up really hard, and we are evaluating them as a result. Um, it is rare for conferences to come out and say, yeah, they really made a mistake. One of those times was after the Duke-Miami game. If you remember, there was this long, crazy play where um, I think Miami won the game. Uh, if you watch the play, you'll know that the referees blew a lot of things. There were blocks in the back. There was a guy's knee was down. But what the worst, most egregious thing was, was that they reviewed the play and reviewed the fact that the block in the back and said it was actually a side block. Yeah, well, under ACC replay rules, you can't look for that. Even if you see it, you're not allowed to overturn that flag on the field. I mean, 
Because otherwise, you could do that on any play. You could throw a flag for pass interference on a play where there wasn't any, even though you can't review pass interference. That kind of crap was so bad, they suspended the entire officiating crew. Not just one guy, every single one of them was demoted. And I think they weren't allowed to officiate the next game. That's how egregious they screwed up. They screwed up so many things, in the, which granted, they did. They 100% did. They screwed up super hard. But other than that, you don't see it. Now, I'm trying to exactly remember. I did not watch the Auburn Ole Miss game. I know Auburn won on this crazy touchdown. Um, excuse me, but it's time for... I'm watching this now. Yes, I know it seems kind of stupid for me to watch this right now, but... You want to get a genuine reaction? About as genuine as you're going to get. Oh, wow. That is sad. Oh my goodness, did they not... Okay, that's absolute... Okay, just... Mm-hmm. No. No, I'm pissed off on that for two reasons. Because we had some bullshit happen like that last year. I know it's dumb to complain about a bad call going against LSU last season when we won every game. But there was a really terrible call where they said we muffed a punt that we clearly didn't. Um, either that... It was one of these two things. It was either that or um, it was that... No, I think Florida clearly muffed a punt and they just didn't call it. They reviewed it and they didn't see it. Even though I, I looked at the big video board and it was like, no, nah, it's pretty obvious. No, okay. So on this instance, Lane Kiffin's pissed off that they referees don't call that uh, Auburn's guy touched the ball and then the ball went into the end zone and was recovered by Ole Miss. Under the normal, everyday, how normal logic works, that's a touchdown. It's a muffed kick, picked up in the end zone, that's a touchdown. The referees ruled it a touchback. They ruled that the ball never touched him. Uh, they reviewed it and said, nope. Bullshit. That's just what that is. And calling out bullshit is fine. I don't understand why officiating has to be something where it's like, nope, we're all perfect. They're human beings... They're allowed to be wrong. And you're allowed to admit that, and you're also allowed to criticize them when you do not get anything there. Because I'll say this, that screws you up hard. In fact, hold on a minute. Where does that happen? Uh, you can look on the timer... It's 27-28 with 540-something remaining. And if we look at the um, the punt... Oh! Oh, 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 oh! Um... Hmm. Trying to think here. Was it 540-something or 840-something? I hate to do this. Yeah. No, 543. And this was... Oh. This wasn't a punt. This was a kickoff. 
that he misplayed. This had to be a kickoff. This had to be a kickoff. Um, because, well, number one, I should have... I know it's pretty stupid of me, like, not to have noticed that it was literally a kickoff when that was the first part of it, but shut up. Uh, so yeah, this was a kickoff, muffed, and recovered in the end zone. Yeah, that's a touchdown. And that was on the beginning of the drive that eventually Auburn scored. So yeah, they got screwed. They got screwed. There's no reason for Lane Kiffin to have been fined. Now, Lane Kiffin has said something that I want him to do. I beg him to do it. I want him... I will I will put in the fund for Lane Kiffin to send the entire fine to the SEC in pennies. I would chip in so hard for that. Just send them two and a half million pennies. And he even made a joke about it on Twitter. I'm sorry. If you don't follow college football Twitter, you are missing out on so much hilarious stuff. Like, it is not that... Okay, it is pretty toxic in some parts. But, like, there are other parts that are just absolutely hilarious. So, yeah. I'm gonna stop talking about that and instead talk about the fact that, look, why the heck did you have us... Um, ESPN, why did you have me have to pick the Nebraska-Ohio State game? You knew what that was gonna end with. A 52-17. to Blowout. Um... Yeah, Ohio State won. What a shock. Iowa State, Oklahoma State. That game was good. That game was so good. Oh my god, I couldn't watch the end of it because it overlapped with the start of the LSU game, but it was such a good game. Oh man, Oklahoma State was good in that game. Oklahoma State looks really good this year. Like, they're much better than they were in 2011. Maybe because they didn't have a 28-year-old quarterback doing that stuff. Alabama beat Tennessee in the yearly rivalry game that only one fan base cares about. Really? Really. So you've now given Alabama a free win. I know when it started, it wasn't really a free win because Tennessee was the good team. But it's going to be Alabama for the next, give or take, 25,000 years. Iowa. Purdue. I picked Iowa. Purdue somehow won it. What an upset. I didn't expect them to win it, especially with the whole dealing with COVID things. Yeah, that was impressive. Nevada and Wyoming, that was a toss-up and I lost. Nevada beat Wyoming 37-34. to Michigan, Minnesota. Why did I pick Minnesota? Why did I pick Minnesota? Why am I the dumbest person on earth? I don't know. But Michigan beat the crap out of them. 49-24. Is Michigan good this year? They're good pretty much every year. Are they great this year? <sighs> and then you got Cincy and SMU. Uh, and Cincinnati made SMU look like a bunch of losers. 42-13. to Absolute and utter domination. Um, I actually do want to talk a little bit about some more games because, well, there's always a little more to college football than just the few games that they talk about. Uh, so yeah, Wisconsin absolutely dominated Illinois. Uh, they were throwing the ball everywhere. Graham Mertz looked amazing. 20 of 21, 248 yards, five touchdowns, and then he gets COVID. So now Wisconsin's down to, what, their fourth-string quarterback? Who the hell are they going to send out there? We also had the first FCS upset over an FBS team. Uh, Jacksonville State beat Florida International 19-10, to and Florida International followed that up by not playing the next week because they have a COVID outbreak. What do you know? Heh, <laughs> Um, LSU beat South Carolina. I talked about that on an already thingy. Ma digger, ma bobber, ba doo boop doo. Um, Clemson beat Syracuse, but they didn't cover. 
They beat Syracuse. They didn't cover. They only beat them 47-21. to 21. Uh, It was surprising. I can't believe that... What? Did Trevor Lawrence throw a pick six or something? I thought Trevor Lawrence threw a pick six. Um, yeah, he threw a pick six, which was interesting. Like, Syracuse was randomly making the game somewhat interesting. Clemson, how did you do that? I don't know. I don't really care to know. Um, what else was there? Oh, yeah, Indiana-Penn State. So remember that Falcons game? You know how the Falcons lost? Yeah, Penn State did the same thing. Penn State accidentally scored a touchdown after uh, Indiana turned the ball over on downs. Um, And then Indiana went down, scored, got the two-point conversion. Penn State scored first in overtime, and then Indiana scored in overtime. They went for two, and they got it because... You know the scene from... uh, What is it? Space Jam, where Michael Jordan's reaching out super-duper far with the ball, and he's trying to dunk it? Imagine that, but football... Indiana scores, they review it. Penn State fans want to say that the refs screwed them and we should have won this game, to which I say, Penn State. Your kicker missed three field goals and you idiots didn't take knees. You guys didn't take knees? Speaking of not taking knees, uh, Ryan Day had to apologize for not taking knees against uh, Nebraska. They scored a late touchdown to get it over 50, and they said they didn't have the right personnel out there to take a knee. Um, I would like to counter that by saying, you don't need any personnel out there to take a knee. You just need to take the knee. Because who's going to come after you if you take a knee? This isn't Greg Schiano you're playing against, it's Scott Frost. And speaking of Greg Schiano, um, where is that game? We'll talk about that one actually in a bit. Um, oh yeah, Wake Forest, they upset Virginia Tech 23-16. to Good win for them. You got Marshall is undefeated right now. They're looking poised to possibly be undefeated uh, going into the rest of the year, actually. Um, which would be great. Uh, this is actually the 50th uh, anniversary this year um, of the infamous Marshall plane crash. Uh, they're actually gonna have the 50th, like, the date on which that occurred was 50 years from uh, the weekend of the LSU-Alabama game. Uh, College Game Day decided to go to Augusta for the Masters instead of going to West Virginia for the game that is, like, okay, College Game Day. Y'all love sob stories, right? (laughs) This is the ultimate one. They made a movie about it, if you remember. Um, yeah. That... Just where else are there thingies that I wanted to talk about? Hey, remember when I said Florida State was going to get their asses kicked the next week? Um, yeah, I was right. 48-16. to 16. Speaking of teams that really shouldn't have lost, Rutgers beat Michigan State 38-27. to 27. What? Greg Schiano's first game as head coach of Rutgers uh, in many years, and they looked actually really good. Wow. So, you know what this sets up for the upcoming week? An undefeated matchup between Rutgers and Indiana. And if Ohio State loses, they will be at the top of the Big Ten East. Chaos, you still find a way to come through. 
Yes. Here's another team that shouldn't be undefeated, but is. Liberty. They're, they won 56-35 over Southern Mississippi. Now, what makes Southern Mississippi worth talking about? How about the fact that their interim head coach is leaving? Now. He's gone. Bye-bye. What do you mean by bye-bye? I mean like he just left. To become the new head coach at Austin P. Um, so now they're on their interim interim head coach. They fired their head coach early in the season. Their interim head coach took the job at another school, so now they have to get another one because this is college football. Uh, Middle Tennessee and Rice shouldn't be interesting at all, except for the fact that here's how Rice managed to lose it. You heard about it, actually. Um, The quadruple doink. The quadruple doink. Not the double doink. The quadruple doink. Here's the thing. So, um, where is it? Oh, yes. They took three knees. Rice took three damn knees. I'm not kidding you. I'm looking at the play-by-play here. They took three knees and then kicked a field goal in overtime. Uh, Middle Tennessee had missed a field goal to start overtime, and they kicked a field goal to get into overtime, by the way. Uh, a... How long was it? 48-yard field goal. So, they set up a... How long was this field goal again? 45-yard field goal. It's three yards shorter. Uh, They took knees because they didn't want to have to deal with possibly losing the football. And then they kick it, and they miss it. Doink, 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 doink. Quadruple doink, and it doesn't go through. And uh, they lost the game. Their next field goal attempt was blocked, by the way. Which... Yeah, that's, that's terrible. That's just really terrible. Um, is there anybody else I wanted to talk about? Uh, one thing that is happening is that Wisconsin, I believe, had to cancel their game against Nebraska. Nebraska actually wanted to schedule a game for the week. They wanted to play against Chattanooga, and the Big Ten said, how about no? And so they didn't play it. Um, I'm trying to find Mississippi State, because Mississippi State has been very embarrassing. Extremely embarrassed. Where is Mississippi State on here? Did they even play this week? You know, that might actually explain some things. What? They didn't play this week. They might have had their... This might have been their bye week. Yes. Yes. Alright. That explains a couple things. Because, um, Mike Leach's program's being weird. I don't think he survives till the end of next season. With all the crap that's been going down. My goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, there was no game this week for him. But their best running back has just left the program. Kylan Hill is training for the NFL draft. Um, now, for some reason, I guess because he's recognized it. I'm not getting the ball, am I? Yeah. So, hmm. By the way, Mississippi State's game is going to be against Alabama this week. That'll be fun for those of you who like to watch teams die. I sometimes do, granted. So, speaking of teams that could die, it's time for me to pick games. That was a terrible segue, but whatever. Kansas State and West Virginia. I got Kansas State winning that one. Kansas State's a good team. What can I say? They're undefeated in the conference. Their one loss was random. No, how Arkansas State beat them. Then you got Memphis and Cincinnati. Cincinnati is number seven in the country, and I think they're actually probably better. Look, I, I think if Cincinnati and Notre Dame went at it, I think Cincinnati could beat them. 
I really do think Cincinnati's a better team than Notre Dame. 12-7. to 7, That's all I need to say. You win 12-7 to 7 over Louisville. Come on. Useless. Absolutely useless. Oh my goodness gracious, Michael Thomas returned to practice today. Oh, this is a good sign. That doesn't matter. Coastal Carolina and Georgia State. Uh, I think that Coastal Carolina is going to win. They're number 20 in the country. Can you believe it? Just This has been a great year for those group of five schools. you got UCF. you got Houston. I think UCF's a better team. They can sling the ball over the field. Houston's been a mess. Great job, Dana. you got Northwestern. you got Iowa. Uh, wait, Northwestern won. Who were they playing? Oh, it was Maryland. Never mind. Maryland isn't a real team. Then you got LSU and you got Auburn. I'm, I'm picking my Tigers. I, I'm picking them. I have to. They, they can't lose, can they? Right? They're going to lose. I know that. Yeah, I, I, I can't pick them. I really can't pick them. I'm sorry. They're bad. They're really bad on defense. But then again, Bo Nix is not a great quarterback. So maybe we have a chance. Hooray for failure. You got Indiana, number 17, Indiana. Jeez, I'm, and you got Rutgers. Indiana's a better team. <laughs> Both of those teams did not earn, like, I don't know if Indiana's actually a good team this year. I know Rutgers is not great yet. They're going to be building uh, to a mid-level bowl-eligible program. Oklahoma State and Texas. Oklahoma State should blow them out. Then you got the nightcap, the big one. Number 18, Penn State, versus number 3, Ohio State. I wonder who's going to win this one. It's going to be Ohio State. They're going to win 31-7. to Um, yeah. Now, I'm going to stop in the middle of this, because we're going to get to the picks, the underdog pick them. But I do want to randomly talk about the fact that Tony LaRusso was just hired as the manager of the White Sox. And I need to ask just one question. Why? Why did you hire Tony LaRusso? That is all I need to say. Now, last week, I picked three games. Did I go perfect on it? Because I'm number eight now. I picked Wake Forest. Oh, I picked Wake Forest, baby. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh, that was a good pick. Oh, man, that worked perfectly. Um. Yep, it was the second greatest upset. If you wanted to have a quote-unquote perfect game, um, you would have had to pick Rutgers, 13, uh, Wake Forest, 9, and... Anything more than that? Really? Indiana, six. Uh, for a grand total of nine plus six is 28. But I only got a mere 11 points by picking. Cincinnati was a two-point underdog. Hold on a minute. Yeah, there's a reason why I picked Cincinnati. Who am I kidding? Yeah, they won. They won big. Let's look at the upset teams here. Um, Trying to thing because there is got to be one of them that I did pick as an upset because Auburn's a three point underdog 
Auburn's a three-point underdog to LSU. I was like, Auburn is a three-point under... No. No, 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 no. That is stupid. Um, We need to think of something more reasonable. So, first of all, I'm looking to see what is the worst pick possible. And by worst pick possible, I mean from a terms of an upset. Uh, The biggest upset would be if Boston College beat Clemson. That would be worth 32 points. Second place is Louisiana Monroe over... Um, Appalachian State, that's 31. Also, Mississippi State, Alabama, that's a 31-point dog. Which means that the potential for points is a whole 94 if that randomly happened. But it won't happen. You can believe in that. Um, Vandy's 18-point underdogs, they're not going to win shit. So, let's see. Hmm. Well... You got Texas. Tech is 14 point. Yeah, I could see it. Uh, it's very difficult. Illinois and Purdue. Michigan State's 25 point underdogs. They're not going to win. This is a very difficult one. This is very difficult. I don't think... Yeah, because Louisiana Tech's been off recently. Um... Air Force, Boise State, no. Most of these are actually big time. Like, they would be big time upsets. Um, I'm gonna... I'm I'm thinking here. Thinking about it, because... You know, there's always... Always those chances for... More traditional stuff. I'm gonna pick Illinois over Purdue. For seven points. Um... I'll go with... Because i got to go with a double-digit one. I want to go with a double-digit one just because it makes sense. Um, uh, let's say... Let's say... Mm, Navy over Southern Methodist. And then for something where I feel like I can guarantee some points... Uh, try, and I'll, I'll pick it. Auburn over... No, I'm not going to do that, because I'm not doing that to myself. <laughs> I'm not getting points if we lose. No, that's that's wrong. It's one thing to think they're going to win. It's another thing to do it in the underdog picks. Uh, UTSA is six-point underdogs against Florida Atlantic. So if I make a perfect uh, one, I get 27 points. So, yeah. I think... That's gonna do it for, um, yeah, that is gonna do it for this thing, um, because I can't really think of anything else to talk about. Oh, wait, yes, I can. I'm sorry. The Dodgers won the World Series. I forgot to mention that. I can't believe I totally forgot that. It's almost as if I exclusively talk about football in this. Um, Dodgers won the World Series and the whole world is fucked basically I'll be honest with you cause like the only good thing that comes out of this is that Clayton Kershaw gets to you know get rid of his choker label and he finally wins a world series I watched that game and I gotta ask who the hell decide really Cash why the hell did you pull Blake Snell 
He gives up only a second hit. I get analytics and all this crap. Like, oh, you don't want to see a guy face the same batter like three times. But he hasn't changed much of his stuff. You don't pull him, period. And then they pulled him for a guy who'd been the least effective pitcher on their roster. The least effective. In Game 6 of the World Series, where they're down 3-2 to two in the series. For God's sake, what the hell was that? Okay, so then you pull him after an inning because he screws up. Then you put in another guy. That guy then screws you over. That guy, you then leave in there for the next inning? What, your analytics aren't telling you not to do that? By the way, sorry about the uh, loud bump uh, just a few seconds ago. But yeah, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? I only watched one World Series game and it happened to be that one. Why would you pull out the guy who's killing it out there, who knows that he can strike out the side, who can probably make it to seven innings, and then you can put in relievers? You do realize that you had no run support, right? None whatsoever. The new guy, you put him in there and he throws a wild pitch and the game's tied. The hell is wrong with you? You made some of the worst managerial decisions in Game 6, and that's what cost your team the World Series. I don't know what the hell you were thinking. I don't know why the hell you thought it made any damn sense. I don't give a damn what analytics say. Momentum is a thing. Momentum is a thing. You can feel it. And when a guy has it going, and when he feels like he can do it, and when he's not had any problems, he's not showing any signs of wear and tear. What? He only had, like, I don't even think he had gotten to 100 pitches. I I thought he was at, like, 79 pitches. I don't know why I remember that number. But he'd only given up two hits, and you decide to pull his ass for the least effective pitcher you have. Okay, that makes sense. What? Seven straight innings, that guy gave up a run. Oh, yeah, but we can put him in here. It's not like we have only a one nothing lead, and it's game six, and we're down 3-2 to two in the fucking series. For God's sake, man. It's absolutely inexcusable, and I don't understand why the hell you would make that decision. You do not pull your starting pitcher when he's absolutely tearing it up, when he hasn't gotten to any point of fatigue, just because a fucking analytics tells you to do it. He's doing better than your numbers. Here's what the numbers should tell you. You have a lead for a reason. Your offense ain't getting shit done. And the Dodgers keep pulling pitchers, so you know there's nothing to do with that. The Dodgers keep pulling pitchers. It isn't because you are being effective. It's because reasons. It is the most pitchers used by any team in a World Series clinching win since I believe the um, Blue Jays in 92. So, like, yeah. What? 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 And um, I shall end this with a what? We had to watch the city of Los Angeles gets two sporting championships within 16 days, and people did Burnouts on the streets? What the hell are you doing? Why were why do people act like such morons when they win championships for their teams sometimes? Saints, we didn't do that when we won the Super Bowl. On LSU's campus, we didn't do that when we won the national championship. We didn't do any of that crap. I don't think. We might have. It wasn't much, at least. I mean, like... Morons. Guys, your team won. Okay. Okay, then. 
that was a thing. For those of you who do not know what just happened, I had to thump away a spider. It was on my bed. I did not want it on my bed. Thus, I thumped it away. But it may return. Who knows? All I know is I didn't want it. I'm also kind of concerned about what that means. Yeah. Sorry about that. I got distracted by stupid little eight-legged bastard. But that's going to do it for this episode. The final episode of me doing anything on the regular called Outward Thoughts. Um, If I ever do some sort of opinionated thing... Uh, I will call it that, but anything sports-related was going to be the majority of the stuff that I pump out is going to be Outward Thoughts. I'm not going to be changing the two-point conversion. That's going to still remain the same. You're going to get that kind of stuff. Uh, So you will be getting that on Sunday and Monday. Uh, We'll see about how Sunday's thing works out uh, because of stuff. And yeah, so that's going to do it for this. I've talked for an hour now. Uh, so, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at capital B-E-N, capital S, capital L, capital A, capital S-P-O-R-T-S. Find me on Instagram at bschluterla. I've been Ben Schluter. These have been my picks for the week, uh, my recap of last week. We'll see you next time when this thing has a new name, a new logo, same voice. I was going to say same face, but you don't see my face. So, until next time. Bye-bye.